You're listening to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast. We're the business development resource for group practice owners, where we talk candidly about business ownership and leadership. From practice building tips to live coaching to real talk episodes with other group practice owners, we're the resource you've been looking for to help you grow your group practice. I'm your host, group practice owner and entrepreneur, Maureen Werbach. This episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes is an online EHR, practice management, and billing software designed for mental health professionals. Therapy Notes has everything you need to manage patient records, schedule appointments, create rich documentation, and bill insurance right at your fingertips. They offer free and unlimited live support seven days a week. Their streamlined software is accessible wherever and whenever you need it. To get two free months, go to www.therapynotes.com forward slash r forward slash the group practice exchange. Need a new accountant or bookkeeper? Meet Green Oak Accounting, an accounting firm that works specifically with private practices. They do all of your accounting needs from budgeting to accounting to bookkeeping and payroll to building your dashboard. On top of that, they can help you set up your profit first systems. Go to greenoakaccounting.com and mention the group practice exchange for $100 off your first month. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. And I have got Nikki on again. So for those of you who didn't listen, I think it was probably like a month ago or so, the episode came out um, where I spoke with Nikki Ramirez. She's my HR consultant for my group practice, and she's also a Q&A facilitator in the exchange. Um, but she is a Q... Oh my God, Q&A consultant, I was about to say, an HR consultant, (laughs) all these uh, acronyms. Um, And so I'm really excited because today we're going to talk about, and this is something we we brought up at the last podcast episode, and we're like, oh my gosh, we have to do another podcast episode on hiring friends and if it's a good idea or not. And I'm excited to have you on. So hey. Hey, thanks, Maureen. Yeah, and your um, questions and answers is, you know, part of my company name. So of course, that's what we are. We're answers, right? So it's totally fine. Questions, answers, Q&A, podcast, exchange, whatever, training, all this and that. I'm super excited to be here, though. Yeah, hiring friends is one of the most common topics that come up for small business owners who are trying to grow their business. Absolutely. I'm really actually intrigued because I didn't ask you what your opinion is on before this. So I don't I have no idea where you're going to (laughs) go. But I'm really intrigued to hear what you have to say, um, because in my work with you, I've learned how like precise and meticulous you are. And like, that's one of the things that I love as a business owner, all the people that I have that are supporting me and my group practice, like my attorney is because I'm, I'm such a rule follower. I love for things to be accurate and that I'm following policies and procedures correctly and laws uh, accurately. And so I have my um, attorney, you know, and obviously you can find an attorney who will give you any answer you want. And that's why I love that I have an attorney who's like super by the books. And I feel like after bringing you on, I'm like, you're just the equivalent of that for HR. I feel super um, like confident HR wise in my business since hiring you. So I'm really excited to hear what you have to say about this answer. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thank you for saying that, though. Yeah, I love that you use the word confident, because that's literally the reason that I left corporate America to do work with small business owners, because I like the idea that you could feel confident just moving your business forward with your people. That's like everything for me. 
So yeah, when you when it comes to growing your business, though, the most logical thing that a lot of people do is look to their network of friends and family to make those first hiring decisions. And so it's very, very common that folks will build a business based on hiring friends. And so in my work, working with small business owners, Mm -hmm. I have developed a philosophy that it's absolutely okay to hire friends, especially in the beginning. But to your point, you have to have a strategy and you better do it with a procedure in mind, right? And so we have to, I think, you know, I've in, and I didn't think of like, I didn't make like a checklist for us, although as an HR person, I typically make a checklist for everything, but (laughs) I don't have one for this. It's a mental checklist. But in order to preserve that friendship that put you in a place where you felt like you wanted to bring this other human being into your business, you have to have a strategy for it and a way to preserve the friendship first and foremost. And I think that, yeah. So I think if you go into it with that idea, you will have an employment experience, whether it's positive or negative, but you will always have a friend. And I think that for most of us, that's the most important thing. And I think people forget about that because they think about the fact that there's a reason that they ask their friend to work for them, but they don't keep that into consideration when actually asking them, like, how are we going to make sure that if this does or doesn't work, that what we had first, which is our friendship, continues on? Yeah. And same thing happens in family business. So in my household... Uh, my mama, she was an entrepreneur. So that's where I got this bug to start my own business eventually. And she in the 80s, 1980s, she left the governor's office in Minnesota. She was the assistant to the governor or one of them. And she started her own secretarial services business. So she was like an outsourced secretary. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, you know, and thinking about like um, recording today on International Women's Day, and the, like the term secretary is one that like we never use anymore, right? It's kind of like gone out with the out with the, the bathwater. But so she had outsourced secretarial services, and eventually she brought my dad into the business. And so then I saw a really interesting and you know I would I don't I don't know I'm not a therapist, but for my part, like a pretty healthy way to run a family business and and to really preserve that loving relationship that my parents had in order to run a business that allowed them to do the things that they wanted to do in their lives. And, you know, financial freedom wasn't one of the things they ever achieved in their small business. So they worked really hard, didn't make a ton of money, but they got freedom, space, you know, and they got to work together. So as folks build their group practice, um, they are going to look to their network of friends and family. And as you step into that new relationship, having an idea um, and verbalizing it. I think that's what you and I talk about a lot too in our HR work together and, and with the team. A lot of what we do that sets us up for success in hiring and leading our teams has to do with being super intentional and verbalizing the things that we desire and the things that we see. So just like any relationship, the employment relationship is successful when it's built on a foundation of strong communication. So you already said it. Why am I bringing you here, friend? What you bring to the table, right? right? That I don't have or that I need to duplicate or supplement. And that's why I would love to have you in my business. You know, you have these skills. You can facilitate this type of group therapy or individual therapy or have this admin skill that I need. So verbalizing that, why I'm bringing you here. And then really just setting up to have some clear expectations about what the job looks like. And even though it might be your first employee, 
how are you going to measure success? Like, how can you build a little bit of a performance evaluation system that doesn't feel too heavy? It doesn't feel burdensome, doesn't feel clunky, but it allows you the opportunity to, again, just openly communicate, like what's going well, what should be a little bit different? What can I help you with? What should I stop doing so you can be more successful? (laughs) Right. And how can we best partner to keep growing the business? So what is your opinion or feedback or tip when it comes to that first question that you um, kind of posed, which is how can we preserve the friendship even if, or how can we set up a system where we can still preserve the friendship, whether the business mm-hmm. takes off with us both together or whether or not it, that part doesn't work? Like what kind of yeah. things would be, like what kind of things would we be putting into that, that like mm-hmm. helps that friendship stay preserved? Yeah. So, yeah. So first and foremost, you know, setting out clear expectations for job duties. And so again, it might feel like, am I big, am I big enough business to do this? But I think a job description is probably in order and it doesn't have to be a full blown, you know, job description with all different sections and things like that, just essential responsibilities. So what is that person going to be doing for me? And in, so now we have some clarity around what the job is. How will you know if you're meeting my expectations, friend? What does that look like? Because normally we're just talking about where to go for wine and, you know, and bruschette or something like that, right? And that's easy. (laughs) But in the business, you have to share with that friend what it will sound like to get feedback from you about work and let them know that it's going to be different than any kind of communication you've ever had. But that's okay. That's a part, you know, that's, that's okay. Like I'm expecting this to feel different. Are you okay with it feeling different? And getting that, I think getting that, um, the agreement, you know, building agreement that we are going to have a different kind of relationship is another step that you can take in order to preserve the relationship. So not moving, I mean, gosh, Maureen, it's just like any other relationship. You don't move forward until you get agreement, right? Right. <laughs> yes, you can touch me like that. No, you cannot, right? right? Yes, I'll go out to dinner with you. I will have a drink with you. No, I will not, right? Like any relationship. As so, you're saying this, it seems so obvious, but I bet nine times out of 10, People mm-hmm. who are bringing on their friend as a therapist or whatnot yeah. are not having that conversation because right. it feels weird. And yeah. that should be like the first indicator that if things go wrong, it's not going to go well. Because right. if while things are good, while the exciting part of like hiring your your friend or family member to work for you, mm-hmm. um, that should be the point where it's easiest to talk about weird or difficult like situations. Yeah. And if it's not happening, then I can't imagine that it gets easier later when right. problems start to arise. Right. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I'm a horseback rider, so I, I use a lot of horse analogies. So, you know, that the term like loosen the reins or pull back on the reins. Yep. So that's kind of how I feel about that as well, though, you know, as you're building this work relationship with a friend, you want to keep the reins pretty tight. You want to kind of hold a little bit of control in terms of who does what, when, and what it looks like when they do it so that you can give that constant feedback, put a little bit more pressure on, but it's not painful. It's just what we need to do to get to the point where we both understand what this relationship called working together looks like. And I think that, you know, you said the word weird, I think. So HR is pretty weird, like doing the human resources practice is like all the weird things about, you know, relationships. And it's a lot of uncomfortable things. But if you're doing it right, you're taking some mildly uncomfortable steps. You're just coming out of your comfort zone. 
Yeah. And th- those baby steps out of your comfort zone will make it so that when something really difficult does happen, that you already know what it feels like to have a little bit of stress, a little bit of weird, you know, and then you can manage it better. So I think, yeah, I think we just, if we give ourselves our best advice, especially in your industry about relationships, you're going to get yourself so far ahead of the competition. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, do you notice any differences between hiring friends and family members? Um, you know, honestly, if, if it's like a dear friendship, not really. You know, if you're hiring acquaintances or just people that are in your circle and your network that maybe you consider them a friend, but they're not a, a close friend, um, that might be different. And so there's a little bit more space if it's not a close friend to just create that functional transactional part of the employee relationship, which I hope your relationship with employees is much more than transactional anyway. Yeah. But if it's just setting up expectations and making sure you have a checkpoint, you know, one-on-ones, and this is what we talk about to make sure everybody's on track. That's easier with people that we're not super familiar with, right. just based on the, the closeness of the relationship. So, it, you know, I think it's just, it puts a funny dynamic in you know, in a relationship to change the purpose of it. And that's really what you're doing, right? So you've built this friendship with someone or you have a family relationship with someone and the purpose is very clear. The purpose is to enjoy and support one another. And that's why you keep that person around. And now the purpose is to enjoy and support one another as friends and also make some money (laughs) and do some work in our communities and, you know, have the business outcome And so just, you know, if you infuse a new purpose, then of course you need clarity on that purpose. You need a strategy for managing that new part of the relationship. And then, you know, I really want people to think about being open and clear about the idea that there will come a day that I am not happy with your work. And again, leaning into easing into put your toe in the water, call it what you will with that topic from the beginning before that person says yes to the job. And I mean, and this is something that um, I don't think we've talked too much about it in my business, but my HR assistant, Marina, she was my daughter's infant babysitter 13 years ago. Yeah. And she was pregnant with her infant daughter at that time. And she was a teacher, a public school teacher that moved to home daycare and then taught preschool. And so she had my daughter, Sophia, in her home until Sophia was three and a half. And then long story short, Marina um, did some more home daycare, did some tutoring, went back to the classroom. In Arizona, our public schools are really very difficult to work in, like in a lot of places. So she said, check you later, school teacher career. And so I hired her in my business. But uh, my daughter and her daughter are literally like sisters, best friends. And so I hired one of my dear friends in my business. And I remember um, three and a half years ago now, us having a conversation. She was doing independent contractor work for me and she was doing surveys for my clients, calling for exit surveys, calling for new employee surveys, really transactional stuff. And I said, okay, I think there's more for you to do here if you're interested in exploring an HR career, right? <laughs> and like, I'm just drawing people in because she's super um, analytical, methodical, organized. She's a good evaluator of people. Like, so she had this skill set that I knew we could really turn into something in HR. And we had to talk about though, um, I had to talk openly about the things that I struggle with as a business leader to say, like, I will sometimes not respond to your email in too many days, but it's not because I don't care and I don't love you. It's just because I'm super <laughs> distracted by too many things right now. Just hit me up again. 
don't ever feel bad about even using the language. I've been waiting to hear from you on this, right? Like be assertive with me. (laughs) And then, yeah. And and in exchange, you know, offering that openness to her feedback, I shared with her, you know, there will come a day where I need to give you redirection because you've made a mistake or you've done something that isn't necessarily right for the client or right for the business. Yeah. As of today, that not having happened yet, do you imagine that your future self will be okay with that? Right. Right. Like like friend Nikki, women who've raised our children together for the last 10 years. Like, are you going to be okay if I have to call you and tell you or email and tell you like, oh, man, you messed up. Right. Um, I wanted to imagining. Yeah. um, Kind of related to that is Mm -hmm. um, the idea of like boundaries. I know. So I have my mom who works for me since very early on. Um. And we've gone, you know, she's one of my favorite people in the business because I can trust everything, you know, I mean, if you have a good relationship with a parent, then you know what I'm talking about in terms of like with our fine, because she does our finances, Mm -hmm. like there's no one better than a family member who you can trust with making sure that the finances are all in order. Um, But we've had a ton of like, I wouldn't call them ups and downs, but um, on a personal level, but more where I've gotten more annoyed and short with her because our conversations on non-work time ends up being about work where before she was uh, employed by me, our relationship was about, you know, going out and having a glass of wine, going shopping and not talking about work. Um, And I, you know, remember times where I'd see her, the phone ringing and I'd be like, oh, I'm not going to answer it because I know it's probably about work, even though it might not have been. Um, and I wonder like, how do people manage how mm-hmm. just the relationship does just change in some subtle ways where, um, you know, conversations might end up being geared more towards work stuff because that becomes that like common mm-hmm. thing between the two people. Yeah. Yeah. The, and, um, I think that's a really valid concern because again, what we've done is take this great relationship and we've infused a whole new purpose in it. And so how do you now take that away with the flip of a switch, right? Mm-hmm. So really, you know, my best advice and what I've seen work for people um, in their businesses and what works for me, for example, with Marina, um, we they're, they're one of our um, socially distanced close family quarantine families. <laughs> and so um, our daughters had a movie night the other night. And so they sat outside and watched a movie with their, you know, they, we wear our masks. And so they were theirs. And then Marina and I took a walk around the neighborhood. Um, and we agree that if we're on personal time, so we know what personal time is. Most of us, like, I don't need to probably tell people how to define that. So if you're getting together socially and personally, then you have to ask permission to talk about it. So we have a rule that you ask permission. And that's what I, that's what I suggest as well. Again, every relationship that you value, every person that you love in your business and love, I don't mean romantic love. I just mean, you know, your employees, you can love them. That's a good thing. I love how HRE you are about that, that you had to to define that for any listeners like, ooh, romantic love. (laughs) We can talk about that in a different episode. So my husband's a contractor in my business. So we can talk about that. (laughs) Having independent contractors that you're romantic with. But no, but I think... Um, you know, and the reason I say it is because it's actually the, it's the best example I can think of. Like you really, it's not okay to just do things to people. It doesn't matter what your relationship is unless you ask permission. Yeah. And so 
in our relationship, and, and again, what I suggest, and that's why I do it, is because I'm trying to walk the talk and practice what I preach, right? Is that we ask each other, is it, is it okay to talk about this? And it's totally okay to say no. Yeah. Like, let's wait till Monday. Yeah. Like I'm, and I, you know, and I've said even to, you know, other people that support me in my business, you know, it's just not the right time for this. Like, oh, like I don't have the mental capacity for this. So just get your, um, get your vocab ready, get your phrases ready that feel comfortable and natural to you so that you can say, you know what, friend, like I get it. That's important. And it's on your mind. It's not to say it's not important, but I am so tapped out today. Like it's yeah. Saturday or at the park or whatever. I just, I can't even think about it right now. Right. Yeah. Like just get yourself ready with that vocabulary so that it feels, you know, that you don't feel like you're um, so nervous about saying no, like, I don't want to talk about this right now. Right. And then of course, make it so that that person can do that too, in case you drop something on them on non-work time that, <laughs> that they don't want to talk about. And I think that goes to maybe my, uh, our like last mm-hmm. point in this um, yeah. is when thinking about bringing on family members or friends, similar to what I hope people are doing when they're bringing on just anyone into their business mm-hmm. is like looking at what communication will look like with that person. Cause mm-hmm. I can imagine that, you know, we have people who we might be friends with or who are family members who might just not be great with conflict or mm-hmm. with boundaries or with sure. um, being told no in some of these situations. Right. And thinking like, seriously, we, like, just let me right. say this thing. Um, and so, you know, how can we make sure when we're thinking about bringing that friend or family member on that we're not just glossing over communication mm-hmm. because we think we know that person so well, but to, mm-hmm. I don't know, just like make yeah. sure we're asking the same questions we would to a stranger that we're wanting to employ in our practice so that we can make sure that mm-hmm. um, if there's, if problems arise that our family member can actually, or friend can actually have that conversation with us without it going south. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that when we hire friends and family in our business, we should do it the same way as when we hire a, you know someone off the street that we think might be a good fit. So we, of course, are going to evaluate whether or not they bring the right um, experience and education to the table. And if we could check that off, then we really want to talk to them about what a typical day might look like in the work. And if that seems like a good fit for their life and their skills, And then because communication is typically going to be the biggest sticking point in these friends and family relationships that turn into employment relationships, Mm. really working through what would be like um, some behavioral interview questions about conflict and communication in the, you know, in setting up for the employment experience, because recruitment, and and I always can share this just generally speaking, when we're recruiting to hire in our business, it is our first demonstration of leadership and our first demonstration of holding people accountable. And so whether it's friends, family, or someone else, how you communicate with this person before you make that job offer will dictate how accountable they feel in the relationship. And so don't, like you said, I think you used the term gloss over, don't gloss over the process. Don't speed past it because you know you like them already. Yeah, because employment decisions, you know, realistically should not be based on whether or not you like someone you want to like them. And I mean, again, different podcast episode, different day. I think having friendships at work is totally important, whether they're friends that join you in the business or friendships you make through the business. Having friends at work is key to being happy at work. So don't just don't skip the process, though. So have your process in place. 
set up so that that person expects that you're going to talk about work and expectations. You're going to talk about problems. And, you know, I think my last thoughts for you is I, I want there to already have been a conversation about what ending employment could look like. Not that you are setting yourself up for some sort of like, what do you call it? Like, you know, prophecy. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I like to use the term like you might win the lottery, Maureen. So you're going to work with me. We're going to work together, at, you know, for as long as it makes sense for both of us. But you might win the lottery. And at that time, I want to make sure that the transition in and out of the business is great for both of us. And so can we agree that if you feel like it would be time for you to leave the business for any reason, if you wanted to pursue a new job, put it out there that that's okay. Like one day, if you want to go back to school, if you want to tend to your family or your garden, whatever it is, can we agree that we'll at least talk about it before you make a final decision? And then you can, again, seek agreement from that person. Mm-hmm. And then that person says, yes, of course, hopefully. And then you say, great. I promise you that if I ever see a need to make changes, I'll come to you and talk about it before I make a decision. I love that. So it's like this open book, right? Like I value you. I love you enough to tell you if I see anything changing or if I feel like I need to go in another direction. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So if people want to work with you, sure. If they have more questions for you, where can they find you? Sure. So um, social media wise, you can typically find me in work social media on LinkedIn as Nikki Ramirez. <laughs> and then uh, we have an HR Answers website. So hranswers.org.org is where you can find some information about the firm and the type of HR support that we provide to small business leaders. Awesome. And if you're a member of the exchange, make sure to go to our next Q&A. Yeah, <laughs> you can thank ask you. All the fun questions. Anything. Uh, hey, that you want. All right. It was so good seeing you again. Nice to see you, Maureen. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Group Practice Exchange podcast. Like what you heard? Give us five stars on whatever platform you're listening from. Need extra support? Join the Exchange, a membership community just for group practice owners with monthly office hours, live webinars, and a library of trainings ready for you to dive into. Visit www.members.thegrouppracticeexchange.com forward slash exchange. See you next week.